You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. You're planning a vacation, an escape from the day-to-day routine of everyday life. You're looking forward to getting pampered in some sunbathed tropical island getaway, surrounded by cool, balmy breezes with the soothing, relaxing sounds of calypso music playing distantly in the warm island air. Doesn't it sound wonderful? Well, don't leave your pets at home. They want to go too. Welcome to Travel Tales, the show where you'll get great travel ideas on perfect places for you and your pet. From Paris to paradise, south of the border to the South Seas, Travel Tales will give you cool tips on fun vacation destinations to travel with your pet, pet-friendly hotels, and advice on how to travel safely and happily with your furry best friends. So get ready to pack the bags and the bones with your Travel Tales hosts, Susan Sims and Nicholas Veslowski. Hi, everybody. I'm Susan Sims. And I'm Nicholas Veslowski. We are your hosts for Travel Tales on Pet Life Radio. And as editor and publisher of Phytofriendly Magazine, we know travel. That's right. We can't wait to share years of dog travel experience with you during our podcast each week. On today's show, we will be talking about cooking for Fido and how you can implement this healthy alternative into your everyday life. Yeah, Nicholas, it makes sense that with just a little bit of planning, you can feed Fido healthy and nutritious foods, kind of like the meals you prepare for yourself. <laughs> That's right, and I've experimented on my black lab, Tasha, and she seems to be doing okay. <laughs> yeah, so far so good, because I know that you're not that great of a cook. Hey, watch it. <laughs> I'm actually okay. I'm, I'm starting to learn how to bake, uh, which, you know, I don't know. I guess you start with baby steps, but, you know, I'm really excited for today's show. Um, Mickey's uh, such a great uh, author, writer, and just bringing some knowledge about how we can pay attention to uh, how we feed our dogs, what we feed our dogs, and we really are, you know, what we eat. So it only makes sense that, you know, if we feed our dogs uh, better quality food, they're able to live longer, healthier, and happier lives. I know, and uh, Mickey, um, our guest today, she's a real dog chef. I mean, I, I can pretend that I am a dog chef, but she actually is, and she's going to give us a lot of helpful information on how to cook for our dogs and even take it on the road. So uh, first, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll be visiting with Mickey Bussard, dog chef extraordinaire. So sit and stay. We'll be right back with more Travel Tales on Pet Life Radio. Attention passengers, please fasten your seatbelts, put your seatbags and sleeping pets in their full upright position, and prepare for takeoff. Travel Tales will be zooming back with more great travel tips right after this. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Pets are part of the family, and when traveling with your dog, there's only one magazine to include when packing your doggy's duffel bag, and that's Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Each bi-monthly issue includes hotel, city and state reviews, and doggy destinations to explore with your furry companion. Fido Friendly magazine can be found at Borders, Barnes & Noble, PetSmart, Pet Boutiques, and Fido Friendly Hotels nationwide. 
or you can go online to subscribe at www.phytofriendly.com. So get traveling with your pet today and leave no dog behind. And remember, Fido Friendly is the only magazine dedicated to the travel lifestyle of man's best friend and the one magazine your dog will thank you for. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Approaching our final destination. The weather is sunny and warm. Ocean temperature is a balmy 80 degrees for those of you wishing to doggy paddle. Please exit to the front and see our activities directors, Susan and Nicholas, on your way out. Have a pleasant stay. Welcome back to Pet Life Radio. This is Nicholas Veslowski along with Susan Sims, your host for Travel Tales. Before the break, we were talking about a great topic, cooking for Fido. I know, and our guest that's going to join us and momentarily is quite experienced, and she has her cooking institute in Arizona that's especially designed to teach pet guardians how to cook for their pets. Joining us by phone is Mickey Voissard, dog chef, author, and founder of Dog Chefs of America. Hey, Mickey, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Nick, and thank you, Susan. It's great hearing your voices again. Oh, it's yeah, so it's, it's so fabulous. It, we're kind of fortunate. We've known you for many years, and you also write a column for Fido Friendly Magazine with helpful tips and even recipes for our readers. Yes, and I remember uh, Nick when he was just a little guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't. I wasn't I, little in stature. It was just. <laughs> I was no, I remember that. That was like that was like seven years ago, Nick. You were a baby. Yeah, oh, he was fresh out of college. He he was not wise to the ways of the world like he is now. I know, I was very wide-eyed. Yeah. <laughs> Things have changed, our, huh? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. You kind of go through the industry. It's it's fun, though. I mean, I've I've enjoyed it, and it was so good to have you as one of the first people to meet, you know, and you've been with us for, for that long, I think eight years now. Yeah, it's been a long time. You guys have done a great job with your magazine. Well, thank well, you very thanks. much. You've done very well. And this Dog Chef of America, tell us about that. Well, I, it started out as just, uh, you know, working with so many dogs. I was always known in town as uh, as the dog chef uh, long before I even knew what a dog chef really was. I, at that time, I was living in the Napa Valley of California, and people would always say, oh, you better talk to, if somebody had a problem with their dog's food, people would always say, oh, you better talk to Mickey, she's the dog chef. And it just kind of became a joke, a town joke. I guess I still am the town joke, but... Uh, you know, in but an affectionate I, way. yeah, you know, in an affectionate way, but also I'm making more money. Uh, I'm, I'm actually making a living as a dog chef. So I guess it's no longer a joke, but, um, but it became a, uh, a passion, uh, more than anything. And I, you know, I, I used to just put together meals for dogs and I could kind of sense what was wrong with a dog. Um, if uh, I saw, looked at them and I could smell their breath and um, look at their poop and everything else and see. And I could tell, geez, uh, this dog is not eating correctly or what was fitting for that particular dog. And so it, it just kind of evolved from that. And people started asking me a lot of questions. And then I we moved here to Arizona six years ago and um, I developed my kitchen, Dog Chefs of America, which was uh, it, which is a kind of 50 style diner and um 
I've had that for about four and a half years, but in the last year, I got a speaking tour that I have been on for over a year now, and um, I've been all over uh, the country and to many places overseas, which has been fabulous, and getting paid to do that and speak. But the best thing is to see what people do in other areas and that uh, a lot of people are just kind of confined by their rules their own rules and maybe their veterinarian's rules of what they should be feeding their dog. And every dog is different, just like we're all different. So that's the best part is when you're traveling, you can see where the boundaries break down. Yeah, it's almost like I, we're programmed on what to feed our dogs. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, and a lot of dogs are suffering terribly. And I think at the same time, it shows our own crazy relationship with food, our own personal human crazy relationship with food because people nowadays don't seem to have a very good relationship with food. Uh, they don't even stay, they don't even use their kitchens anymore. I do consultations daily and I go to a lot of people's houses and I mean, I could write books on just what their kitchens look like. It's pretty humorous. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, know I would, it's, you know, Mickey, what I was going to say is I was laughing because the next article that's going to be in Fido Friendly Magazine was about people that wanted you to come to their home and to uh, show them how to cook for their for their pets, but they didn't even use their own kitchen for themselves. Yeah, you know, that's pretty common. I, I see these people and they spend uh, thousands of dollars on a wolf range or a brand new, uh, you know, uh, uh, all kinds of refrigerators and everything, and it's just for show. They don't even use it. I turned on a somebody's stove the other day, and it had that plastic smell that you turn on <laughs> when you first turn it on. I mean, I was shocked. And, you know, how can we understand what real good food is to give our dog if we don't even know how to do it for ourselves? And so sometimes I have to go back to food 101 just to work with the people to get them to understand what real food is, the difference between real food and chemical or, or food that has been, you know, put together by some processing. This is probably one of my first instincts when I started thinking about cooking for Tasha and, you know, what I hear when telling people, hey, you can actually cook for your dog is the, the time-consuming process of putting meals together. So let's kind of do away with that and get right through that one. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, you know, I probably wouldn't be still in business and, uh, if I made it time-consuming because I would have been dead in the street run over by everybody, uh, <laughs> you know, because people just, that's the number one thing that everybody says, and, and particularly here in the United States. I don't see that too much overseas, but uh, this is our uh, this is our mantra here in the United States. You know, I don't have time. I'm too busy. You know, and, <laughs> and it's just like I don't really quite believe it because I see what people do with their busyness, and it's really not true. But um, but I you know I still understand, and that's why in that last the latest article I wrote and I said sent to Susan was, uh, you know, the title is, it's not a recipe, it's a lifestyle. And I've understood that people have their own lifestyle. And I stopped trying to preach to people exactly everything you're supposed to do and you have to stay by the Ten Commandments. Well, there are no Ten Commandments, and it's up to you to uh, fit it into your lifestyle. But I'm with, with the same time, I'm hoping that somebody would extend it into better food. 
And so uh, there are things you can do. Um, you can still use, and I'm not opposed to commercial dog food as long as we're understanding and, and reading, actually reading the ingredients instead of just buying the hoopla that's on the front of the bag. Yeah, I think too, just I want to interject something really quick because I, you know, one of the things I think when talking about commercial dog food, how they market to us consumers and to us baby boomers who've grown up in front of the, the tube, I mean, we go and we, we pick up a bag that uh, is appealing to the eye and the verbiage that's on there that's going to appeal to us. And so I think all too often in our haste and, and hurry to grab something that we think is nutritious for our dog, we're not really reading labels. So, you know, the basic 101 you're saying is read the label first. Yes. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of uh, spiffy marketing going on. And, you know, every year they know what good colors, what the colors are that are appealing to people and what the special dog is and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, you still have to get out your uh, little glasses and really look at those <laughs> tiny, 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 uh, you know, letters and or those words and Read those first five ingredients. You don't have to read all the ingredients. If it if if it doesn't make sense in the first five, dump the bag, drop it, get on to the next one or something. But um, you know, logically, we cannot. Uh, there's not too many good uh, right now. Uh, good commercial foods in a grocery store, unfortunately, and they're usually special special feed stores or. Uh, some sort of dog boutique or something like that. Um, but the first five ingredients should not all just be grains. It should have a lot of protein in the first five ingredients, and it should not say corn or corn gluten meal. And uh, I have a garden here, and we put corn gluten meal on the garden, uh, and uh, that kills all the bugs. <laughs> so. <laughs> What's the difference between the, um, I know that, you know, some will say chicken and some will say chicken meal. Those aren't the same, right? No, and you would want to have something as, uh, you wouldn't want it to just say chicken and then followed by a grain of some sort like rice or barley uh, because that that's kind of cutting you short there. That's the commercial dog food company getting away with cutting you short. It could say chicken and then chicken meal or it could say, uh, chicken meal first, and then followed by um, maybe a, a rice or something. But chicken meal is more of the chicken, <laughs> and uh, chicken is uh, by itself is just like a few parts. It doesn't have to tell you. It doesn't have to be a large amount of chicken. So you want it to say chicken, chicken meal, and then maybe a grain or maybe not a grain, because I hope that most people understand that dogs are eating far too mi- too much grain. And the other thing is, is, is uh, along with humans, dogs are eating too much. That's <laughs> too much food. You know, I, I think the one thing I see the most when I go overseas, wherever I am, is, is thinner people, thinner dogs. And my dogs are on the thin side, and I can't tell you how many times people say to me, your dog looks like he needs to eat more, you know, and, because n- nobody ever gets to see a thin dog anymore. <laughs> right. It's funny because one of the things that I've um, I've made sure that I don't do is I don't feed Tasha a lot of treats or uh, right. snacks, and I I think that probably is something that you know we want to please them, we want them to give us that waggy tail smile, so we you know the treats are always the the best bet for that. But I think that those add up quite a bit. Well, they really do, and uh, particularly with treats, if you look on, you will find on a lot of treats and most treats, unfortunately, that are in a box 
or a bag, uh, you really need to look for that secret word propylene glycol. And propylene glycol is a cousin to ethyl glycol, and you combine the two and you create antifreeze. Oh, wow. so that's a preservative, but unfortunately, that was u- that has been used for so many years that now it's in. Um, it's not in our food exactly yet, but it probably will get to human food shortly. But it's all over your shampoo and your deodorant and your uh, your lotions. So when you hang up with uh, this program, immediately go look at everything in your medicine cabinet because it's usually in the first ingredient in a lot of deodorants and it's all over, uh, you know, hand lotions, etc. And that stuff sinks right through the skin. That's a, it's a petrol, uh, it's a petrol, uh, chemical type thing. And so I always t- tell people stay away from it, um, from anything that has it and write to the company and say, I don't want it in that product and I'm not buying anymore. But you'll see it in treats all the time, particularly dog and cat treats because it's a preservative. Uh, they use it as a preservative for keeping the shelf life extended. Well, I think I'm going to have to email you and have you spell that word for us. And then when we when we get the show synopsis on the website, um, people will know exactly what they're looking for and, and how to spell it. But I, ha- I had a question, too. Are you seeing more uh, organic treats coming out now because of, of what happened last year? Or has it been a slow process of uh, people uh, marketing organic treats? And are they really organic? What do we, what do we need to look again on, on things that are labeled organic? Well, organic is a, you know, is that new buzzword and, um, it is a lot of things are not organic and it's kind of going along the same lines as nat, the word natural did and <laughs> it's going to die the same way that the word natural died. But you still have to read the ingredients because that's what I'm saying. If I, even if I'm in a store that's particularly a health type store or a large like Whole Foods or, wild oats or something, I still have to look at the ingredients, and I'm always surprised, even if it says organic, uh, that may be one or two products in, in there that came or, from organically, but they were they could still be processed, and so, you know, you still have to read all the labels, and so I, I've seen a lot of new type treats, but most of them are pretty much still, uh, still have a problem. I think the freeze-dried treats are probably the best. You know, um, mm-hmm. uh, like kind of uh, chicken breast or something. But then you have to make sure that they're USDA uh, approved if they came from China. And, uh, you know, but we can't always just point the finger at China because they kind of became the scapegoat after this uh, recall. There's a lot of companies here in America that are causing just as big a, as the same problem. And I wouldn't always say that melamine is the uh, was the biggest problem with the dog food recall. Um, I see uh, corn gluten meal as being just as bad for dogs. They can't they can't do much with that after a period of years. The, the liver just starts becoming so toxic, and the kidneys start failing, and everything else. Uh, you know, I see a lot of dogs, and it's unfortunate that. Uh, most people only see their dog or their neighbor's dog or a few dogs at the dog park. But I see a lot of dogs, and every one of them has similar symptoms. And so, you know, you just have to always keep looking at the food. It just can't be the dog itself, you know, or the breed or whatever else. Yeah, the food probably definitely creates a little bit of a mentality in the dog and can make them upset. If they're, if they're not getting the right nutrients, they probably start to get a little 
crazy. <laughs> a little cuckoo. Well, it's, yeah, you know, it is. It's kind of like if you just ate nothing but fast food yourself and nothing but processed food and you never, ever ate anything alive, I mean, or fresh. And, you know, I doubt that you both uh, do that because you're, I know that you guys eat pretty well and probably go to farmer's markets occasionally and everything else. But, you know, dogs just don't have a prayer of a chance. If the, if the person is not eating well themselves and they don't understand nutrition, then heck, <laughs> <we're>, <laughs> what's, what's the dog supposed to do, you know, and get in the car and drive over to the farmer's market himself? <laughs> Or eat the cat next door, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the you instincts know, are <laughs> Yeah, well, it does. And, uh, you know, I was watching some ducks this morning. We have a pond nearby where we live, and uh, these ducks are kind of crazy, but they keep laying their eggs on the shore instead of the little island in the center of the pond. And the coyotes were all there this morning eating all their eggs. Uh-huh. And pe- people are always... Um, saying, oh, well, you know, dogs shouldn't eat. You've got to separate the white from the, you know, the white part of the egg from the egg yolk. I didn't see any of these coyotes doing that this morning. You know? <laughs> it was they pretty funny. The well, then they, they didn't were eating. Get memo. <laughs> no, they didn't. They didn't get it. And they were eating the shell, too, you know, and, and that's got all the calcium in it. So I'm not quite sure. I see this all the time, but let me give you a couple uh, fun things that you, you know, somebody's first starting out with uh, their dog. And, well, one of my favorite foods, and this uh, uh, is kind of weird, but it's for dogs, is I start people out with at least introducing um, sardines and water. And sardines and water? Sardines and water. They're can- little canned sardines that you buy at the store. And you usually buy them in a little tin thing, and it's uh, there's maybe about three or four tiny little sardine fish in there. And um, those are really good to get to introduce omega-3, which is what your dog is really needing, um, uh, which is a good fat. And that is really great. It's good for joints. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it used to be in commercial dog food pretty much exclusively in the 50s. Uh, canned food used to have a lot of fish until uh, we got into, you know, using grains and, and replacing fish because that started to get expensive. And so they started replacing a lot of the fish product with just grains as fillers. But in canned food, there used to be fish all the time. So, you know, it's really great to have uh, sardines in water. You can spread it out throughout the week, open up the can. And my dogs, I have five dogs, and each one of them gets a can a week. That's pretty good. I was going to say to you that um, when when people get your website that they can take a look at, you've got your three dogs on there. And what we've enjoyed all the time is uh, is hearing about Yogi, who's been your sous chef for many, many years, and and how, you know, he got attacked by, uh, was it coyotes or something? And, and a mountain lion. It was a, oh God, even worse was a mountain lion and how you nursed him back to health and all the things that you've taught yourself and that you've learned over the years and, and what you were able to do to, to uh, keep him alive so that he's still with us. And, and when people get to see your column in the magazine, we always have the picture of you in your chef shirt and then Yogi's in his with the hat. And, you know, it's just a, a testament of what you've uh, been able to do with him um, for, for all those many years that he was with us, you know? Yeah, he's, uh, he had a terrible, when he was, uh, he had 132 stitches and he, uh, on his 
uh, right shoulder, the cat had jumped on top of him. This was a mountain lion. Uh, we have one that comes with the house. And, uh, but he, uh, the mountain lion, uh, grabbed him, uh, stuck his claw in his right shoulder, and it went in two and a half inches through his muscle on his right shoulder. So it was, uh, at first they said he wouldn't walk again, and uh, I just started giving him a lot of fish products, a lot of uh, uh, things that would make him more, uh, his joints more mobile, and uh, he's really, he came around. It was perfect. Strong dog. (laughs) I know, and I, I just, I still, you know, I still have the picture of my mind of him. Every time I think of you, I always think of him with you, and and um, you know, it was it was it was always such a great great shot. And um, I I know we have one question we're going to have to ask before we let you go, and that's really we're supposed to be talking about traveling, but it's so much fun to talk about you know getting your dogs healthy, you know, so that we can have them with us for so long and and uh, be part of our our family. And and what what's something good that we can take along if we're going for a day trip or if we're saying going for a weekend getaway um, we don't want to mess this up now with uh, you know just grabbing a bag that's easy for us to take and that's convenient you know let's say we're on the right track and we we've got you know um, a good start about cooking for our dogs you know what's it what's a good maybe day pack that we could take um, and and when it's time to feed our dogs what what would you suggest well I would suggest uh, maybe some soft boiled eggs um, that has a lot of sulfur. Eggs have sulfur and a lot of choline, which is a calmant for the dog, but it's also really good for their skin. You can soft boil them. Don't go to the point where you're boiling them really hard. And you could also get uh, little chunks of zucchini about an inch long and put some cream cheese on there, and that's really good. Sometimes the dogs don't eat the zucchini, but they have a good time playing with it. <laughs> and... and uh, and the sardines in water, you could bring the little can of sardines, and that's really good for, it's just little tiny little fish that you could pick up with your fingers. And, uh, you know, those kind of things. And if somebody is in a RV or they're traveling to a, in motels, I would definitely bring something like apple cider vinegar along, which has the, you want the raw, unfiltered apple cider vinegar that you buy at the health food store. And that you could put in the dog's water, just a couple drops, just to keep... Um, you know, there's always a change of bacteria in each place that you move um, through, you know, in the United States with uh, different water companies. And now we know there's worse stuff in the water than we ever imagined. Uh, I know. Sex, sex hormones and everything else. I mean, you know. Uh, it just wow. keeps better, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it just keeps, life just keeps getting great, better and greater, doesn't it? <laughs> well, one of the, you know, as far as making our dogs healthier and stronger to be able to go into these different environments and not, you know, come out walking or having dysentery. Um, you've written uh, a couple of books, but one of the books that I have and I continually look for is The Becoming the sh- uh, the Chef Your Dog Thinks You Are. Uh, this is a great book. Can you tell everybody a little bit about it? Yeah, it's uh, it's still selling. I've had that book for quite a while, and I am creating a new book called The Dog Chef Detective. And uh, but the uh. Becoming the Chef Your Dog Thinks You Are, I pretty much, you know, it's just a kind of an introductory to why people want to do this and, uh, you know, uh, kind of points people in a better direction of, uh, you know, starting out what, uh, how you can, uh, you don't have to reconvert your whole kitchen. You can go to the thrift store and buy all kinds of great stuff. Or if you're traveling, um, you don't have to make this a big deal. 
But uh, that's what I try to do all the time is try to get people to understand that it's not as big of a deal. You don't have to have, I don't even have a measuring cup in my whole kitchen. We don't use <laughs> measuring cups. You know, your dog, I'll, I'll leave you with a one good idea that most people don't understand is people, you know, the difference between a dog chef and a human chef is the fact that dog chefs don't have to worry about two things that human chefs do. And number one, human chef is very concerned with presentation, and the second would be taste, what mm-hmm. a food tastes like. Well, dogs don't care about either one of those. So, <laughs> so a dog chef doesn't have to worry about that. Presentation, you just swap it together, and taste, they don't have the kind of taste buds that we have. We have about 8,500 taste buds in our mouth and on, on our tongue, and they only have about 500 in their, on the, located on the backside of their tongue. So that's why when they you give them food, they just like you know they swallow it. You I know, can, but they tested Tasha on that one. She that she, <laughs> I have a command for her. It's um, uh, when I place the food down and I, uh, I she waits until I say take, um, and then she goes right after it. And then you know I turn around, I turn back, and the food's gone. It's like she, <laughs> all the anticipation of building up to eat, she just goes right at it. <laughs> Yeah, they, the one thing they're good about is that that's the most important thing is that thing on the the end of their face, and that is their nose. And they <laughs> taste they taste by smell. That's how they taste. And so with that information, it changes everything uh, when I tell people that because then they understand that all of that stuff that you buy in boxes and cute little cookies and everything else, that's all just for you. That's not for your dog. That's for your looks, for, for looking for your presentation. And so you don't have to waste time and energy doing all that and making it look good and making it taste good. Your dog's not going to criticize you if you make a casserole that does not include eggs and it was calling for eggs the last time he had it. He doesn't know the difference, you know. So, you know, that's the thing. And some dogs, I recommend some dogs eat raw food and some dogs should eat semi-cooked food and some dogs should eat a variety. My dogs get everything that imaginable. And I'll tell you, I started doing more of that as I traveled outside of the United States because I see people outside of the States giving their dog everything that is uh, forbidden here in the United States, according to, uh, you know, a lot of people that I read their books and they say, oh, you can't give a dog uh, garlic, you can't give a dog onions, you can't give a dog this, you can't give a dog that. Well, I'll give you, I'll find a place anywhere in the United States that gives any food that you can imagine, even chocolate <laughs> in Switzerland. Food and are giving dogs chocolate. But don't go out and give your dog chocolate because it's a different chocolate. Yeah, I, there's so much to know. We're going to have to have you come back. So we'll pick a day where, where we can continue this. This will be like part one of many. So I hope you can come back and visit with us sometime soon when you're not traveling around. Oh, sure. You guys, all you know, you're always in my hearts, and uh, we go way back to your family, so we'll definitely, I'm always around. Yeah, well, we, we feel the same way about you, and, and for everybody listening, if you want more information about uh, Dog Chefs of America or how to order Mickey's book, you go to the website dogchefs.com, and, and uh, Mickey, it was a pleasure, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Well, thank you, guys. We'll talk to you later. Okay, Thanks, take care. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk about our hotel pick, so sit and stay. We'll be right back with more Travel Tales on Pet Life Radio. Attention passengers, please fasten your seatbelts, put your seatbacks and sleeping pets in their full upright position, and prepare for takeoff. Travel Tales will be zooming back with more great travel tips right after this.
There's nothing like a shaggy dog, baby. They're shagatelic. And this is the place to find out how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Oh, yeah. So stop by our pad every week and get switched on, baby. Switched on to the show that's all about attitude. Oh, behave. With your groovy host, pet edutainer Arden Moore. Yeah, baby, yeah. Every week on demand on PetLifeRadio.com. Ready to take a walk? Not just you, but your whole family. It's the 2008 Whisker Walk, Sunday, June 8th from 9 to 4 at the Lancaster Fairground in Lancaster, Massachusetts. Pet owners and animal lovers walk to lend a paw to benefit the animal shelters and pet charities they love. Come see exhibits, demonstrations, educational programs, special attractions, product giveaways, entertainment, auctions, raffles, food, fun, and things for adults and kids to see, do, and buy, both human and pet-related. Whisker Walk 2008, a fun day for everyone. For more information, log on to whiskerwalk.org. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Attention passengers, we are now approaching our final destination. The weather is sunny and warm. Ocean temperature is a balmy 80 degrees for those of you wishing to doggy paddle. Please exit to the front and see our activities directors, Susan and Nicholas, on your way out. Have a pleasant stay. Welcome back to Pet Life Radio. This is Nicholas Spezlowski along with Susan Sims, your host for Travel Tales. Just before the break, we were talking with Mickey Voisar, dog chef and founder of Dog Chefs of America. I know. She's, she's such a neat lady. I think we could have probably talked to her for two days. I mean, what a wealth of information. And a lot of, lot of uh, what a lot of people don't know about her, she's a cancer survivor. And uh, she, she did a lot of healing herself and learned uh, a great deal about nutrition before she even embarked on uh, becoming a dog chef. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I think we can, you know, take into mind and consideration when we start thinking about food. And the first thing is that we don't think about it. I mean, I know I'm guilty of just kind of going along with the the flow and just, you know, what's in front of me sometimes I eat. Um, But really paying attention to what you put in your body and then, you know, being able to have that thought process when you're feeding your dog, it just kind of transcends right into how you feed yourself. So everybody gets healthy. Yeah, I know, and and uh, we're going to talk about our hotel pick, and and I think one of the things I like about this next hotel pick is uh, keeping in mind about you know cooking for your dog. You know, when you go to these places that are uh, allowing you to stay with your dog, oftentimes they'll have uh, in-room menus, and some some pet amenities uh, that hotels now have is they have their own doggy dining menu. So it's always fun when you get to go someplace different. You know, think in your mind what what you're going to feed Fido at home. You bring along the food with them, but when you get to go out, you're on vacation, you know, have a good time, you know, do order room service, not just for you, but, but order room service for, for Fido. So um, the hotel pick that we have for you is the Muse Hotel in New York. And the Muse Hotel is a Kempton property, and those familiar with Kempton uh, will know that uh, Kempton has always been one of the forerunners out there allowing pets. And, and it's not just your dog, it's your cat, it's your goldfish. They'll even loan you a fish. But uh, what's very cool about the Muse uh, Hotel, uh, it's located uh, right where uh, Times Square is. So that's fun in itself. So you can go right out your door and have a, have a good time. And, and this hotel has 200 guest rooms. So um, you still want to call ahead and make reservations and let them know you're going to bring, bring uh, Fido. But what is very cool is they have a pampered pooch package. 
And what this is, it's a pet amenity, and it's a basket, and, and you get this when you show up, and it has your canine treats, food, and water bowls, and you can actually book an in-room hers and furs pedicure. <laughs> That's awesome. I did not know that they were allow you to do that. I mean, okay. I think my black lab Tasha would absolutely love that. And I just have to tell all the listeners out there and everybody that, you know, travels with their dog and they probably say, gosh, you know, being an editor of Fido Friendly, you got to have such a great gig. But the person that really wins out on this is my dog. You know, in <laughs> fact, lately it seems like she gets the, the royal treatment more than I do. Hey, that's how it should be. Yeah, right. I guess so. <laughs> well, no, I know we've been we've been in properties before where they'll have a canine masseuse and they'll they'll have a sign in there, canine masseuse, and they give you the hourly rate, and then they have like the masseuse for you. So like you're looking at a massage for your dog, massage for you, and if you're lucky to afford both, um, you know, go for it. But oftentimes it's usually you're picking one over the other. So it sounds like when you get that um, that equation, that you are going to pick it for Tasha. Yeah, well, no, it, you know, in kind of visualizing this, it, if we were in the same room and we both had massages, you know, it, you kind of, you always put the couple aspect into it. So I'd be laying <laughs> on there and I, I'm picturing myself looking over at her and she's just kind of looking at me. <laughs> that might be an interesting topic for, you know, stories to come, but um, I could just see her looking at me going either two, one or two looks, one going, what the heck's going on? Or number two. <laughs> This feels good. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure. I think um, also the the thing about a lot of properties in the Muse Hotel is certainly one of them. Uh, you're going to find more and more uh, canine amb- ambassadors, and what that is is uh, these properties realize the importance of of having a pet on property. So what this will serve as is especially for children coming in and they see a dog that they can come up and pet, or a dog that they can they can take out on a walk and and what the Muse Hotel offers um, is actually their concierge takes her cute little three pound Pomeranian to work with her and if you go online to their to their website themusehotel.com you can see a picture of this Pomeranian and it, it's really really cute and the concierge will will uh, help you figure out what to do and so between her her little Pomeranian's name is Ginger so she and Ginger will um, will give you information on finding the best pet friendly restaurants the shops the dog runs around town and and as an example um New York has a doggy playground. It's called Canine Court. And this is open land. It has an obstacle course. It's, and it's close by to the Muse Hotel. So that's information that you can get when you check in. And there's also the stores that you can actually take your dog with you in. And, and those are Saks Fifth Avenue, Bergdorf, Goodman, Tiffany's, Brooks Brothers, Banana Republic, and The Gap. Wow, that's perfect. I mean, being able to know exactly where you are able to go with your dog. I mean, we're always finding great places to take your dog and when traveling. And the icing on the cake for us is when we find a property like the Muse that goes that extra step. And they can provide you with not only great pet amenities, but they give you a lot of great information on what to do with your dog once you get to the area. Yeah, so four paws up for them. And if you'd like to find out more information about the Muse Hotel, check out their website, themusehotel.com. And in case you are wondering, room rates, including the Pampered Pooch package, start at $249. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will have our Fido-friendly travel tips. So sit and stay. We'll be right back with more Travel Tales on Pet Life Radio. 
engine passengers, please fasten your seatbelts, put your seatbacks and sleeping pets in their full upright position, and prepare for takeoff. Travel Tales will be zooming back with more great travel tips right after this. From Paris, New York, and around the globe, get ready for the hip, the trendy, the uber cool where pets rule. If you've got a passion for pet fashion and a flair for animal wear, this is the ultimate place to take a peek at what's chic in the world of designer pet fashion and cool new pet products. On the Pet Set with our fashion diva, Queen Dog Lady. The Pet Set, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Attention passengers, we are now approaching our final destination. The weather is sunny and warm. Ocean temperature is a balmy 80 degrees for those of you wishing to doggy paddle. Please exit to the front and see our activities directors, Susan and Nicholas, on your way out. Have a pleasant stay. Welcome back to Pet Life Radio. This is Nicholas Veslowski along with Susan Sims, your host for Travel Tales. Before the break, we were talking about our hotel pick, and that is the Muse Hotel in New York. Yeah, how fun is that to, to travel to New York with your dog and stay at such a fantastic property? They have a great pet amenity package. They have no pet fee and no restrictions. Yeah, that is actually a great hotel. And this brings us to our phytofriendly travel tip. When you stay at a nice hotel like the Muse, you can order room service and treat your pet like a star. But you can also feed Fido healthy foods when you get home. And this kind of falls exactly in line with what we were talking with Mickey about today. So our guest on today's show, Mickey Voissard, she has a book out. It's called Becoming the Chef Your Dog Thinks You Are, A Nourishing Guide to Feeding Your Dog and Your Soul. And it's just filled with great recipes and information that will help you on your way to introducing home-cooked meals for Fido and get you more or less thinking in that mindset of how to feed your dog and what goes into the dish. I mean, with last year's food recall, it was kind of a wake-up call for us all to, to pay attention and start feeding our dogs a little bit healthier um, and figure out what is exactly going into our dog's dish. It's best to educate yourself on what foods are nutritious for your dog and also what foods uh, not to feed your dog, like chocolate and grapes. Uh, so we want to introduce you know, the new foods slowly because all of our dogs are different. And what may be good for one Fido may not be good for the next. That's a great tip. And, and that just reminds us, have a good time when you travel. 
you know, start feeding your pups healthy, have fun at the hotel, order from room service. And, and if you'd like to find out more about today's topics or just about traveling with Fido, you can go online to FidoFriendly.com to subscribe or stop in your local Borders, Barnes & Noble, or PetSmart and pick up a copy of Fido Friendly today. You know, we'd love to hear from you with questions or comments, so feel free to email us at PetLifeRadio. And until next time, safe travels, leave no dog behind. This is Susan Sims along with Nicholas Veslowski for Travel Tales on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio presents Travel Tales, the show where you'll get great travel ideas on perfect places for you and your pet. From Paris to paradise, south of the border to the South Seas, Travel Tales will give you cool tips on fun vacation destinations to travel with your pet, pet-friendly hotels, and advice on how to travel safely and happily with your furry best friends. So get ready to pack the bags and the bones with your Travel Tales hosts, Susan Sims and Nicholas Feslowski, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.